Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Did it sound for you too that it sounded like we're in the twilight zone? Did it sound for you too that it sounded like we're in the twilight zone? Did it sound for you too that it sounded like we're in the twilight zone? Did it sound for you too that it sounded like we're in the twilight zone? Did it sound for you too that it sounded like we're in the twilight zone? Did it sound for you too We sound now. Now it sounds good. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was weird. Can you hear me now? Lightsel, what's up? Crushing it this year. Keep it going, brother. What, what do we say? We're going to start five minutes after the hour? Yeah, I think that sounds good. All right. Let it give everybody a minute to get on. Jacob, what's up? Brandon, what's up? Thank you, guys. Joshua, how's it going? We're excited to have you guys and girls, everyone. This is what separates you guys from your competition. Taking time out of your Sunday night, getting the extra work on your mindset. And nutrition, and just overall approach to the sport. Wrestling's a holistic sport. Jason, what's up? 
Hey, if you guys have any questions before, during, send them over. Now, that's the benefit. If we see your question before everyone else, we can, you know, we can get to it. Hopefully, we can get to all of it. Who else is on? Say hi. Pre-match routine helped. Excellent. All right. Pre-match pre-match routine. Yeah, you guys are liking the, the routines. The, the whole thing with the routine is you don't want to be superstitious with it, right? The idea is routines put your mind at ease. So you want to make sure you have something pre-planned well in advance. You want to practice that pre-match routine at least once a week. Okay, it's got to be just like you're drilling your technique, just like you're lifting weights. You got to make sure it's consistent work on your pre-match routine. And there's four four elements to a great pre-match routine. I'll hit them real quick because I know we're going to be going into things soon. Just to give you a little preview. Number one is dynamic stretching. Do the same order every time. Deep breathing. Make sure you're taking at least 20 deep breaths. Have some kind of element of fun, something you're doing to make yourself smile and laugh and not take yourself so serious. And number four Make sure you're doing some hands-on drilling. So you get hands on another man, and they have hands on you. So it feels more like practice, like you're drilling going right into live, rather than getting off the bench cold, right? So that's important. Kristen, how's it going? Sean, thanks for joining us. Andrew, what's going on? Mark, how we doing? Hey, Kristen, just so you know, yes, everyone's microphones are muted. If you want to ask questions, you can type them into the chat box, or you can send a text to my number. We'll go over that in just a minute. Mark, coming from Canada. Excellent. Lassour Wrestling. Pardon me if I get that wrong. Excellent, though. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. Eddie. What's up? Livingston, that's not far. I was just over there. Also, one thing, Jason, you said about a perfect pre-match routine, just something real quick is you don't want to look at things in terms of perfect because if, it gets, if something gets thrown off, uh, you don't want to all of a sudden then be all over the place mentally. So... Do a good job, but don't don't think about perfect. Do it as, as well as you possibly can. Jacob from Oklahoma City. I was just over there, the Oklahoma Wrestling Coaches Clinic. I was there this summer. Were you over there, Jacob? Luke, Virginia, what's going on? Bart, Southern Illinois, welcome. No, that's okay. We have it on video. We have it on our podcast. Braxton, North Carolina, what's going on? Braxton, oh, Paul Braxton from North Carolina. Excellent. Welcome aboard. I'm looking up something quick for you guys just so you have it. Andrew, I really appreciate what you said. Not perfection, masterful. We're doing the best we can. That's right. 
That's right. Hi, Sean. Sean welcome yeah. aboard. We want to just give another minute or two for people to sign on. We were overly impressed with the number of registrants. We have over 125 registrants participating in the call. Brian, welcome aboard. Chris, welcome aboard. I, I posted up the link tree. That, that's our, our winning mindset. Link tree. So basically, that's a one stop shop with our website, our podcast, our YouTube page, our Instagram. It's the winning mindset. Of course, you can always click wrestling mindset too, but that's all there for you, just in case. I know we said before about the Oklahoma Coaches Clinic. That's there for you. Strong recommendation make sure you have a piece of paper, a pen, a notebook. Take notes because we're probably going to go through things very quickly. And, you know, we'll have this saved, so we'll be able to, you'll be able to watch it again, but, but take notes. I prefer you take better notes than you even think you need to. Give it another two minutes. Like I said, make sure you get out a piece of paper and a pen. One of the things we always say that if you look at the learning pyramid, how much people retain information, if you're just listening to a lecture, you're only going to get on average 5%. You're only going to remember about 5%. But if you write it down, that jumps up to like 50 or 60 or 70%. So write it down. Todd, how's it going? We're going to kick things off in another minute. Strong recommendation. If you have any parents or siblings, bring them in on this too, because you want people around you really making sure that they could, they could give you a solid environment. So if you have a dad or a mom that's involved in the sport, have them tune in. You know, younger, older brother or sister, bring them in. Whoever's with you, tell a friend to tune in, FaceTime a friend. Friend, I mean, ideally your friend would just jump on, but even if you have to FaceTime a friend and show them the screen too, because again, it's just a lot of information and the more people in your life that are saying the same things and that know the same information, the more it's going to help you. So I've always believed that like anything that I learned, I wanted my parents to know it, my brothers, my friends. So now they reinforce it in me. All right, we're ready to roll, Dan. Uh, hang on one second. Anthony's just having a little trouble logging in, so I'm just trying to help him. I mean, if you want to start a little bit, Gene, that's fine, and I'll get I'll work on getting Anthony ready. Okay, great. All right, excellent, everyone. So we're, we're about ready to kick things off. Just starting from the very beginning. Again, I'm Gene Zanetti from Wrestling Mindset. Dan Warnikoff, Wrestling Nutrition. Anthony Ashnault, needing no introduction anywhere in the civilized world. NCAA champion and Olympic champion this year coming up. We're all pulling for him. So, you know, let's face it. Wrestling is a holistic sport. 
Okay, you need to be the total package. It's not so much you against your opponent. It's your lifestyle against your opponent's lifestyle. And I heard this from Mark Cody, who was the coach at Oklahoma. He was also the coach at American University when they placed in the top, what was it, the top 10 one year. Uh, I was out with him at Colorado Springs, the Olympic Training Center, uh, recently within the past two years. And he was saying that, that it's not you against your opponent. It's your lifestyle against your opponent's lifestyle. So you need to be the total package. You think about the matches that you lost, your most painful losses by one or two points. It could have been anything. Literally anything could have made the difference. So you need to have it together technically. You have to have it together mentally. You have to have it together nutritionally. Strength, conditioning, plyometrics, tendon strength, rest and recovery. Are you? And then, and then also, what are you doing off the mat? What's your social life look like? Are you in a bad relationship? How are you looking spiritually? Are you praying? Are you thinking about the Lord at all? What are you doing with your life? Okay, how are we how are we handling our schoolwork academically? Are you falling behind in your classes? You know, is that is that messing you up? So we need to take control of every area of our life. That's like eight dimensions I just I just named right there. And the athlete who learns how to maximize their potential can and will eventually in time beat the athlete that doesn't know how to maximize what they already have. You take a look at a guy like Anthony Ashnall. That's the perfect storm. Here was a guy who was hungry, and he was always focusing on every area, every area. He was making sure in, in sports and in life, and that's why you see an NCAA champion. It doesn't happen automatically. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. It's a lot of structure. It's a lot of organization. It's a lot of going out of his way to make sure he's crossing his T's and dotting his I's. That's exactly what we do with mindset. That's what we do with nutrition. That's what you're already doing with your cardio, your strength training, and so on and so forth. So we get fired up because these are the exact lessons that we wish we had back when we were in middle school, in high school, in college. We could bring that all together for you. So there was a period of time where all three of us were in basically the same location. I think of um, Apex and Kenilworth back when we were there, you know, uh, probably five, seven, even 10 years ago. Dan was there, had an office there, nutrition, with wrestling mindset. Me and my brother Jeff lived, you know, about five miles away. We were there almost every day. Anthony was training over there with Damian Logan, who was one of my former college coaches at the University of Pennsylvania. So we were all there together. So we actually had the benefit of being together in person at these kind of things. So we're real pumped to all be together again and bring this to you tonight. Hey, guys. Can you can you hear me? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, Anthony Ashnall here. Hey, Andy, oh. thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I was on. I just I don't know why my audio wasn't working. But right. I'm here now. All right, excellent. The gang's all here. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Dan. You want to take things? Yeah, let me just kick things off. We'd like to welcome everybody to our first joint webinar between champion athletes, sports nutrition, and wrestling mindset. Your host today will be myself, Dan Warnikoff, the, the founder of Champion Athletes. I'm a certified sports nutritionist who works with about 150, 170 wrestlers around the country each season. And we're going to talk in our section about competition nutrition. Also joining us is Gene Zanetti. Gene, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. So I was a wrestler just like, just like most of you on the call. You know, wrestled at the University of Pennsylvania. Me and my brother Jeff were roommates. Greg was a wrestler at Rutgers a little bit before Anthony was over there. I have two master's degrees, one in sports psychology, one in clinical psychology, and really just excited to be here. We started wrestling mindset. I've been doing this for the past 
11 years now, and me and Jeff formalized this back from 2012, 2013, and it's been it's been one heck of a ride. So we're happy to be here. And of course, our star athlete and NCAA champion, Anthony Ashnall. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, not too long ago, finished up the last couple classes for my master's program, so seeing that hit home a little bit, that, that feels good recently. Uh, but I'm excited to just be on this call and give my peace of mind and uh, some some maybe personal experience, and I'm sure some some uh, some of our listeners may have some questions. So uh, I'm here for anything. Awesome. Anthony, what, where did you get your master's in? Are you done with it now? Uh, sports business. Uh, Global sports business is the program, but uh, I have to finish like a six credit um, work study internship and then I'm then I'm done. I finished all the classes, the 30 credits of classes uh, right before the new year. So I'm excited. Got my grades back and I'm happy about that. Awesome. So that's like the big project for the end of that. You have to do that. The internship. Yeah. And uh, for what, what I do with Rutgers wrestling and training towards the Olympics with the New Jersey Regional Training Center. Um, I'll work under Goodale and that'll fulfill the credit. So, uh, it'll be like a coaching role and, um, I'll earn those six, those last six credits through doing that. That's awesome. You know, you know what my internship was when what? I was going to be a school psychologist? What was it? I was, I was helping out this, this, the school psychologist at South Plainfield middle school. Oh, if you, if you remember, yeah. I was over there. I spoke to the team, like few times when I, when I was over there, but I was over at the middle school. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was a junior senior at that time. Yeah. Small, small world, man. It makes its way around, right? Yep. Yep. So for everybody that's listening to the webinar and ready to participate, we have two ways for you to ask questions. Feel free to type any questions in the chat box. Both Gene, myself, and Anthony can see your questions and we'll do your uh, our best to respond to those in a quick period of time. If you're on the phone, or don't have access to the chat box, you can text to 845-641-3063. And we'll go ahead and speak about those questions you send through text. So Gene, it's up to you. Why don't you go ahead and kick off our part on mindset? Absolutely. Yeah, again, so all of us are here really for the same reason. We want to use sports, and in this case, particularly wrestling, as a vehicle to build virtue. All right. So we want to take these lessons, these great lessons that we learn in wrestling. We want to make sure we're applying them to school. We want to make sure we're applying them to our whole life. And great having Anthony Ashnall here. He's the guy who actually literally embodies all these things that we're talking about, using wrestling as that vehicle to build virtue and succeeding in all areas of life. Right. So we're all here for the same reason. As far as when it comes to mindset, we talk about wrestling being a holistic sport. You need to be the total package in all different areas. There's so many different dimensions of wrestling. But if you're operating on a high level on all these different direct on all these different dimensions, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, like a guy like Anthony Ashnault's been doing since as long as I could remember, that's what's going to bring success. So as far as mindset's concerned, we always ask the first question, what percentage of wrestling is physical and mental? And almost everyone will say, it's about 90% mental. And then we ask, the, and we, we don't know for sure what the number is, right? But everyone will say it's a big chunk mental. Then we ask people, what percentage are you training physically versus mentally? And usually it's the opposite. So we call that the training paradox. So the whole idea here is you've got to train hard and you've got to train smart. You don't pick one or the other, right? You, you, you train very hard, you train very smart. So you want to make sure you're doing things right. You got to have a plan. It's got to be a, a systematic plan 
We, we don't just do things just to do them. Because we tend to see a lot of people not focus on their mindset directly, we tend to see the same common mindset red flags. And we literally see, see this with elementary school athletes we work with from, from second grade right through the college teams we've worked with, the NCAA champs, the Olympians that we've worked with, you know, have worked with the U.S. Greco-Roman Olympic team, the women's Olympic team. This year we'll be working with the Italian Olympic team also. Um, going to be speaking with the, the Italian coach's son, who's a high school wrestler. But it doesn't matter what age they are. Even our UFC fighters and MMA fighters, they struggle with these same kind of mindset red flags when they don't have the killer instinct. They don't pull the trigger in competition. Maybe they do a lot better in practice, right? Giving good opponents too much respect. And we know a guy is ranked in the state or in the country. It gets in our head. We wrestle too cautious, too conservative, too hesitant, right? Afraid to lose or make mistakes. Difficulty bouncing back from mistakes. Being a slow starter. Choking in big matches. Being a practice room wrestler. These are common across the board. So basically, if we don't spend more time focusing on our mindset, we tend to repeat these mistakes over and over. And as we say, as everyone says pretty much, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So the idea is basically this. With mindset, we have to take the bull by the horns. We can't leave it to chance. It's the same thing with nutrition. You don't leave nutrition to chance. You take the bull by the horns, just like you do with your technique or your strength training. I mentioned before, good amount of teams that we've worked with in the past. This is a very small, truncated list of teams that we worked with. Um, but again, it doesn't matter if you're a high-level athlete or just a beginner. Mindset's mindset. We're going to be struggling with a lot of the same things. One of the things we constantly talk about, the difference between the predator and the prey mindset. You probably heard us speak about this ad nauseum probably at this point, but it's worth, worth reviewing again. Two different types of animals in the animal kingdom, predator and prey. You could tell the difference by looking at their eyes. If you look at predator animals, lions and tigers and bears, their eyes are located squarely in the front of their head. Right, So their eyes are, are on the front, and you look at prey animals, deer, squirrels, chipmunks, rabbits, their eyes are on the side of their head. So we say eyes on the front like to hunt, eyes on the side like to hide. Perfect example of the last Olympics was when Michael Phelps was squaring up against his, against his foe right here, against his rival, his, his opponent's looking at him. And where's Michael Phelps looking? Right at the wall. So we have a very perfect example right here of eyes on the front versus look focusing on what we're doing versus what other people are doing. So that's why in wrestling, the way this translates to, re to wrestling is we don't want to be focused on records, rankings, seedings, or predictions, even too much on winning and losing. That's when we're like, likely to lose. Okay. I could tell you that even from the last Olympics, we had two, we had two favorites. Remember with um, Jordan Burroughs and Adeline Gray, who were world champions the year before, world champions the next year, but they didn't place in that Olympics. When we spoke to the coaches after, we summarized with the coaches what went on, what happened, and they think maybe they might have got caught up a little bit too much in, in the event of the Olympics and taking pictures with athletes, doing too many interviews. And we're not picking on them by any means here, but the coaches said maybe looking back, they would have shielded their athletes a little more. So this is at the highest level where we're world champs one year, we don't place another year, and then we're world champs the next year. What's going on there? Sometimes mentally, we let the magnitude of the event get in our head, and that's what we'd characterize as, as prey mindset. Another one of our Greco wrestlers said he was more physically and technically ready for the 2016 Olympics than any competition in his life. And the whole time, his first match he wound up losing, he kept thinking about his opponent's headlock. Watch his headlock. 
watch his headlock. How many times have we done that before where we're focusing too much on what our opponent's going to do to us instead of focusing on what we're going to do to our opponents? So if you look at our next slide right here, working with literally tens and thousands of athletes across the country and even worldwide, and it's not just me. We have 80 mindset coaches across the country, coast to coast. And we've been able to identify patterns, what athletes are thinking in their best matches versus their worst matches. And this doesn't just apply to wrestling, by the way. We work with baseball players, soccer, tennis, golf, and on and on, all sports. And we could see the same kind of patterns. And with our athletes, when they're competing at their best, so here's what we do. Back up one second. The second exercise we have our athletes do, because it's not just motivational speaking. This isn't therapy or counseling. It's mindset training. You have to put the pen to paper and do the mindset exercises we give you. So our second worksheet in, in the series that we have is best and worst competitions. We have athletes write down what exactly they were thinking before and during their best and worst matches. And these are the common patterns we see. I'll run through them real quick. When we're wrestling at our best, usually we're focusing on our moves. When we're focusing, when we wrestle at our worst, usually we're thinking too much about what our opponent's going to do to us. Now, it's okay to be aware of our opponent, but we don't want to dwell on it. The problem is most of us don't do a good job of that. And sometimes even at the higher level and even, even at the Olympic level, that example I was giving you before, here's, here's, one, here's the best guy the country had to offer. And, and in this case, he got a little tripped up. He made a mistake. It happens focusing too much on his opponent's headlock. Okay. So most of our athletes say they wrestle the best in out of state competition because they don't know their opponent and they don't care who they are. And that's usually the attitude you have to have treating all matches the same, right? We understand, of course, you're trying to peak for the end of the year. Of course, you want to bring out your best in March for a state or national championship. Of course, an Olympian wants to, wants to be at their best in the Olympics, but we can't be overly focused on it being a big event. We have to treat everything the same. So then when we get in that big event, we've been there before. So wrestling every match, like it's the Olympic finals, you know, consistent intensity, as opposed to up and down intensity. We don't want to treat anything as big or small. We keep it even. Don't look at anything as special. There's no big or small matches. Like we said, again, thinking about what I'm going to do to you and that I'm going to make you tired as opposed to what you're going to do to me. A lot of athletes, believe it or not, we worked at the University of Michigan a few years ago when half their team was all Americans. So five out of 10 of their wrestlers were all Americans. And the biggest thing they struggled with that, that year was they were a lot of guys were worried about getting tired in matches. And these are some of the best wrestlers in the country. So they were focused too much on, am I going to get tired as opposed to, I'm going to make you tired. What am I going to do to you? Not focusing on other people, right? When we're at our best, usually we're just focusing on what we could control, our effort, our attitude, our aggressiveness. That's the predator mindset. We want you to burn that into your mind and make sure you really commit that to memory. Effort, attitude, and aggressiveness. When you're competing, that's what you could control. Of course, there's also your preparation, your nutrition, your mindset, your rest and recovery. But the day of competition or right before you step out there on the mat, it's effort, attitude, aggressiveness, as opposed to thinking about who's in the stands. I don't want to let my parents down. I don't want to let my teammates down. What's the team score? Focusing on everything else that's going on around us. You want to get your head out of those kind of things. Focus on what you could control, right? Um, we don't also not caring who our opponent is. Doesn't matter if he was a defending state champ. He can't bring his medals with him out there on the mat. And finally, it's a brand new match instead of thinking about what happened the last time we competed. 
how many athletes and how many parents and how many coaches focus on, I beat this guy the last time by, I beat this one opponent by two. He lost to that person by one and he lost to that guy by five. We get all these numbers in our head and just erase it. Who cares? It doesn't make a difference. It is not, that has nothing to do your opponent's accolades or what happened the last time you wrestled or what happened with common opponents. That doesn't change your number one takedown. That doesn't change your first move off bottom. It doesn't change your best turn on top. So focus on things within your control. Very important. So again, you see it once you have them. And I'll finish up with this for now. And that's if you look at the sheet, when we have athletes do the sheet, and I recommend you do this on your own, write down your three best matches. What were you thinking before enduring? And then make a list of what are the common patterns? What are the themes? And then on a separate paper, so you could hold those papers side by side. What were you thinking before enduring your worst matches? And then find the the common patterns, the underlying threads. And that'll tell you exactly where you need to be when you're competing. Usually most people, they'll wind up seeing something very similar to what we're presenting in front of you. And once you do that, you realize just how mental the sport of wrestling really is. So I'll pause it there for now. Gene, there's a couple of mindset questions. Why don't you go ahead and take those? Yes. Okay. Have two kids. Okay, so I have two kids. So all right, so Chris asked, I have two kids that wrestle and one that plays softball. Does this work for adults as well? Absolutely. So it really doesn't make a difference what's, what sport we're dealing with. This week, I'm actually speaking at the at the state uh, tennis coaches convention of New Jersey, uh, softball, baseball and softball. We spoke at most, multiple conventions around the country. It really doesn't make a difference. So what I say always is whether it's whether you're taking it doesn't make a difference if you're in a championship competition of any sport. It doesn't matter if you are taking the SATs or ACTs, job interview in the future, asking someone out on a date, public speaking, or saying no to drugs or peer pressure. Do you believe in yourself or not? Right? And as far as does this work for adults, of course it does because the predator-prey mindset is every bit as applicable. We don't want to focus on what other people are doing. As parents, we don't want to parent based on what other parents are doing. I'd have to say I had a, do you want to call it a predator mom? So it's funny because uh, my mom and, and Anthony's and Anthony's dad went to school together for years. So like we were, we were linked before we were even both born, but my mom was, she didn't, she didn't care what other parents were doing. If I'd say, Oh, my friends are allowed to do this or my friends aren't allowed to do that. She didn't care about that at all. It was just that I couldn't say that that wasn't an excuse. She said, this is what we do in our house. You're my son. This is what the Zanettis do. End of story. So it wasn't comparing ourselves to other people. And that's the fun side on, on the downside or the, the more, the more difficult side is when you look at substance abuse, depression, suicide. I don't take any of those things lightly as a former school psychologist, but a lot of that is related to comparing ourselves to other people. And now with social media, that could get even worse because, you know, my friend has all these likes, my friend has all these followers. Look at all the pictures of everyone so happy and I'm not happy right? We compare ourselves. My friend got into this school. I didn't get into this school. My friend has a girlfriend. How come I don't have a girlfriend, right? So we don't want to get caught up in that prey mindset. That could follow us all the way up. So no matter how old you are, work on that mindset. It works for everyone. Um, What else do we have here? Um, Let's see. Before a match, I always experience, okay, so this is from Jason. Before every match, I always experience pressure. I tend to overthink things. Uh, When I feel pressure, I wrestle bad. When I'm calm, cool, and not overthinking, I'm top five of my stage. Is there any way y'all can help me? And how much? Okay, so basically, I was experiencing the overthink things. I would do that exercise that I just gave you. Think of your three best matches, your three worst matches on separate papers. And what exactly were you thinking? What was going on in your mind before 
enduring. And that'll tell you, right? There's no secret. Do more of what works, page one. Do less of what doesn't work, page two. Uh, post, let's see. What if you don't remember your thoughts and your feelings? Okay, well, you can, mo- you can move it from this day forward. First of all, just try the best that you can. And then next, um, start documenting, get in the habit of it. You wrestle a really good match. And, and now don't be mistaken here. When we say wrestling well, that doesn't necessarily mean you won. Okay, when I ask athletes, how did you do? The first thing they say is either if they won or lost, what their record was, or what did they place? That doesn't tell me anything. I don't care about that. I mean, of course, I want you to win. I want you to be undefeated. I want you to get the gold. But the way you're going to get the gold, the way you're going to go undefeated, the way you're going to win is by not focusing on that. I can't tell anything if you just tell me if you won or lost. So when you wrestle well, use that as an opportunity to write down after the match what you were thinking and feeling. Even if you have to go through your notepad on your phone, that'll really help you. Mm. I don't think at all during a match. I only react. Mark, that's right. Yeah, the idea, a lot of big misconception in mindset training. People think my job is to help you think more. It's actually the opposite. I want you to think less. And the only thing I'll change there for you, just to help take that to the next level, we don't want to react. We want to respond. So think about it. If, you take, if you're taking a medicine and you're reacting to a medicine, that's a negative thing. But if you're responding to a, me- a medicine, that's a positive thing. So we don't react. We respond. So that's very good. How do you balance focusing on effort, attitude, and aggressiveness? This is from Tom. Balancing effort, attitude, and aggressiveness, not winning or losing with goal setting. Effort, attitude, aggressiveness. Goals are concrete. How do these concepts fit together? Okay, so here's an important distinction. Most of the time, 90% of the time, you want to be focusing on things in your control, your effort, your attitude, your aggressiveness. Does this mean we don't set goals? By no means. That's crazy. Of course we set goals. We, in wrestling mindset, we have a whole five-part series on goal setting. There's long-term goals. There's short-term goals. There's goals in sports, in school, and in life. There's your action plan. There's positive reinforcement for, for, for following your action plan. There's punishment for not following your action plan. There's making your goals public. There's drawing a picture of your goals. There's having a dream board. There's having a reminder on you on your person all the time. So there's a lot we do with goal setting. Don't, don't misunderstand me there. But most of the time, we don't want to focus on our goal because there's things you have to do to get to your goal. Now, here's the caveat. Here's when you focus on the outcome. So normally we focus on the process. The time to focus on your outcome, being an an Olympic champ, being a state champ, winning the match, not losing, that's when you're feeling tired, bored, lazy, or you want to quit. So you're running sprints in practice. You're dead tired. That's a great time for you to say to yourself, state champ, Olympic champ because you're feeling like quitting. Times where you're feeling peer pressured, right? Your friends are going out, they're partying, they're drinking, they're staying up late, right? They're doing things they shouldn't be doing. That's the time where you tell yourself, state champ, national champ. You know, I hate to lose. That's when you got to get that, right? Days where you're feeling bored, where you don't want to get that extra workout in. So tired, bored, lazy, or peer pressured, that's when you absolutely go back to your goal. We're big believers in posting your goal all over the place. Most athletes do that. I know Anthony had something like that posting, you know, 2020, uh, what, what is it, Olympic chip. He had that all over, all over the place. It's great to be looking at that on a regular basis. So it's just not focused. It's not the majority of his time. He's focusing on doing the things he has to do. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony. 
<laughs> no, a hundred percent. Like now that uh, I'm an adult, but at the same time competing in the sport, like I'm driving to practice for 50 minutes to an hour. Like um, in my head, I'm thinking of situations I'm going to be in on the mat. I'm thinking I'm right here. I want to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And uh, those are the thoughts all the time when it's, when it's the times on Sunday morning and I'm driving and all my friends are off for work and they're just hanging out all day and I'm going to do two workouts. It's like, you have to have an inner drive and to have that inner drive, you just remind yourself of your goals and where you want to get to. And when that picture is clear and you know, you know what you're doing and you have a good plan. Uh, when you remind yourself of your goals, it's, it's really, ener really energizing and motiv motivating it. Um, it doesn't really take, it doesn't really take me much to get me going for like go getting the wrestling practice. Just like, well, I want to be an Olympic champ. Uh, I'm not there yet. Time to go to work. <laughs> That's it. So any times we're feeling tired, bored, lazy, peer pressured, we, we do get back to the goal. So we absolutely yeah. want you to have goals. But too many people focusing, just saying, I want this. It's a lot of lip service and not doing all the things that you're doing. So Anthony's focusing on his nutrition. You see, he's visualizing. He's focusing on his mindset, his, his technique, his lifting. So it's it's being that total package, really living it. I have, what else do I have here? Um, I get nervous before a match. Why? Yeah, just again, just it, 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 there's long answers. Again, look at the mindset program. We have our book, The Predator Mindset. Make sure you get a copy of that. As we said before, academic for academic mindset, we have a teacher's manual there to get the mental edge in school. I, it's just easier looking at one of the books or, or one of the programs. I could shoot you out some very quick answers now, but it's it's a just like technique. It takes it takes a long time. Just like nutrition it takes time. So it's it's what you put into your time and the hours. Let's see. I feel like many people get, okay, this one's from Brandon. I feel like many people get overwhelmed when trying to stay focused on their goal when they're injured. How can you stay sharp mentally working um, towards a goal when you're injured? Yeah, we, we, we saw that this was a big issue. And this is, this is one of the best times to start mindset training when you're injured, because you can't do the things physically that you could in the past. Okay. So we actually have a five part series on our one-on-one -on -one individual mindset program on how to mentally recover from injuries. Um, well, Anthony, what you've you've had injuries in your career. What what are some things that you f you feel like have helped you? Yeah, the first big major injury again. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I had in college. I I got two surgeries in the same month. It was July, going into what my should have been senior season. So it was a knee surgery and a shoulder surgery, and it was a, it was a really tough time in my career to get uh, put put on the sideline. But um, definitely, I wasn't. For as successful as I was and as much mental training, I still wasn't prepared for that moment. And there was a period of time where it was like a question, do I love this sport? Why do I want to do this sport? Why do I want to get back? Why did, like, why did I get surgery? Am I just going to go put my body through it again? Like a lot of those thoughts come into play. And um, it, took, it took time for me, which was great. I got time to explore those thoughts and think about what my passion is, what my why is. Um, why I want to work so hard and harder than everyone else or why I want to give back and, and do youth clubs or run practices here and there and do what I want with my time in, di in different areas. Um, and I got to answer those questions and I had time off the mat to see that. And then um, from there, once I realized I want to I be a national champ, I want to be an Olympic champ, and even if I'm not able to accomplish those things, I want to I wanna, uh, at least – fulfill my potential and try as hard as I can do to get to that point. And I realized at that point, all, all my time wrestling, the journey has always been 
much more rewarding than the destination. The time I got to spend with my my friends growing up, uh, the bond that I got to create with my family through the sport, just so many different variables that the sport provided for me, um, that the journey was just so rewarding when I got time to look back at uh, my journey so far. And I was like, I just want to keep giving, giving myself, uh, keep giving it all to myself because I didn't want to sell, sell myself short. So that was that process of figuring that all out. But then when you're actually in the, in the recovery process of the injury and you're sitting on the sideline when your team's practicing and you're going to PT sessions on top of that and getting your lifts in outside of the team time because you can't do what they can do yet. Um, th- those times are tough, but those are the times that I'm getting the most mental work ever. I'm, I'm thinking um, just back to those goals when it's when it's not motivating and I'm de- um, maybe a little depressed about that feeling. I'm thinking about my goals and where I want to get back to. Um, and really, it just it's just about being like better each day when you're that hurt. Just you don't have to make a full recovery in one day, but you could just get a little bit better each day. Whether it's building the little muscles around, like if it's your shoulder or knee, like just you could constantly be building little things in those areas and getting a little bit better each day, or make the situation a little bit better. Um, so those are things I would really focus on. I, I really focused on the little jumps I was making, and I didn't overthink it. I didn't want to rush back to getting into the sport. It was just when I'm ready, I'll be ready. I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to get ready. I'm going to work on my mindset and focus on areas I was getting nervous and maybe not wrestling my best performance because of mental issues instead of physical issues. And I'm going to hone in on those areas and fix them. So when it's time to go again, I was ready to go. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's awesome. And that's exactly those are some of the same kind of things that we'll say with our athletes. We'll have them. Okay. So now you've got, once someone's hurt, now you have to make a new action plan. Anytime your schedule changes, you need to recreate, you need to make a new action plan. So back when I used to be a personal trainer at a gym, and this was also at the time when I was working at your middle school at the South Plainfield Middle School. But uh, I remember I would deal with a lot of people, even adults, and they're trying to lose weight and they, you know, the exercise and everything. And I would, and they'd say, I was doing really well. And I'd say, and then what happened? It, usually it was a change of schedule, right? So we realized very quickly there that whenever you have a change in schedule, you have to automatically shift your action plan. You need to make a change in your action plan. Otherwise, you know, something's going to break there. Something's going to give. So we tell our athletes, once you're injured, immediately you need to create a new action plan. What are you going to do on a day-to-day basis? Technically, strength. Now, maybe, you know, if, you're, if your legs are hurt, you got to do strength training upper body. Maybe it's flexibility. Definitely, without a doubt, more work on your nutrition and mindset. That's just got to be a given, right? You, you're hurt. Your nutrition's got to, you got to put a big focus on that and a big focus on your mindset because that's something that's directly in control even if you're not doing something physically and thinking about being creative. Like Anthony said, what can he physically do? There's always something you could physically do. You find a way to, you find what that is and you do that focusing on what the ultimate goal is. Um, we tell our athletes, make sure when you're hurt, thinking about who are some role models, who are some heroes, people that have bounced back from an injury. So now that you know that, that Anthony and Anthony Ashnell bounced back from an injury, you add him to your role model list, right? Plenty of people. Kyle Dake, so many athletes, most of the top wrestlers, once they get into the, the, the international scene, they they bounce back from some injury. So now that becomes a hero of yours. Had there been any times where you personally bounced back from an injury? Writing that down. Okay. So there's a lot, there's a lot, a whole five part series on the bouncing back from injury, but definitely a great time to really pick your mindset and nutrition into high gear. All right. So now um, Jason, another question you had right here is. I wrestle really well in practice, but not as good tournaments. 
How can I break that in the as a, the practice room wrestler mindset? Basically, a similar thing we said before. What are you normally thinking about during practice? What's normally going on in your mind? What are you doing? What are you telling yourself? What are the emotions you're having? A lot of athletes we see that They're taking practice here. People who struggle being a practice room wrestler in practice, they tend to they're serious. They want to beat their you know their friends, their teammates, but they tend to be a lot looser. A lot they keep the mood lighter, maybe even joking around a little bit. And then they go out to compete and it's on. In matches, we tend to take ourselves so serious and it's all about winning or losing and it's not light at all anymore. So the trick is this, find out what you're telling yourself in practice. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're not making it big enough in practice. That's probably not what it is, but who, who knows what it is. You got to just take some time and you got to figure that out. Also, you need to practice the way you're going to compete and compete the way you're going to practice. You watch at the Olympic Training Center, the athletes most of the time when they go live, they're in a singlet. Okay, it feels very different having a singlet and headgear on than when you're in t-shirts and shorts, right? You want to make the conditions of practice as similar to a match as possible. That's why before you go live in a match, you want to make sure you're drilling because that's what you do in practice. Every day you drill and then you go live. That's how you make the match similar to practice. But you also have to make the practice similar to the match. Wear your headgear. Wear a singlet. Even if you don't care what your ears look like, that's not even the point here. Okay, if you want to be a state champ, you got to do it with headgear on. You got to do it with the singlet on. So get used to that feeling. Even if you feel a little bit weird or you look a little bit awkward, who cares? Right? Your goal is to be a state champ. Your goal is to be a national champ or Olympic champ. Who cares what your friends think about you? Right? I'll get on the ground right now and bark like a dog if it helps me get closer to my goal. Right? So have that kind of attitude. Be the guy who's willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. All right, Gene, I think it's a good time for us to keep going with our presentation, and then we'll open it for questions at the end. All right. Hi, guys. This is Dan Wernerkoff again from Champion Athletes, and I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about competition nutrition. Once again, feel free to type any questions, and I'll hit them up as soon as I'm done. At Champion Athletes, we're always asked a lot of questions about what should I be eating before a tournament? How should I get to weight the right way? The first most important principle is nutrition starts long before the season ever begins. You want to bring yourself down to weight in a nice, healthy way. So you want to be losing weight slowly, keeping your muscle mass, losing excess body fat, and get to an appropriate weight class so you're ready to wrestle. But today, we're really going to focus on that 24-hour period prior to competition, the actual day of competition. So 24 hours prior to competition, you need to set some goals for yourself. The first goal that we like to do is we like to plan that all of our athletes go to bed one pound overweight before they go to bed. So we actually work backwards. If I have to be, uh, let's say, 145 on Saturday morning, then I need to go to bed at 146 on Friday night. And I need to work backwards and figure out how I'm going to do that. So what weight do I need to wake up the morning before? Then what are my workouts going to be? How can I set goal weights for each workout? How am I going to adjust what I'm eating and drinking so I hit those goals and can be go to bed one pound over and wake up right on weight? 24 hours prior to competition, <coughs> you should not stop eating and drinking. Many athletes are under the misconception that in order to make weight, I need to stop eating and drinking. Quite the opposite. When you shut down like that, so does your body. So you need to fuel your body smart. Now, obviously, if you're kind of overweight for where you need to be the next day, you can eat and drink a lot. 
but you do want to do certain things. When you make food choices, eat things that are very clean. Lean protein, fruits, and vegetables. Why? Complex carbohydrates, processed food, stores excess water. So we don't want you to eat anything that's going to store excess water and help you get excess water weight. You also need to keep drinking. You might need to take small sips. A lot of times when our clients are overweight, we have them do very simple things. Drink a few ounces, have a clementine, go work out. The clementine gives them some energy. They go work out. They lose a couple pounds. They come back. They have another few sips. Maybe they have a couple ounces of protein. Take a rest. Then they recharge, get their next workout in. <clears throat> Obviously, we don't want anybody to be in that situation where they have to lose a lot of weight. <coughs> Excuse me, at the last minute. But as we all know, sometimes that does happen. And when it does, the goal is to kind of work out, eat and drink a little bit, work out, eat and drink a little bit, bring your weight down as best you can, but keep feeding yourself so your metabolism keeps helping you and doesn't work against you. After you weigh in, hydration is the most important thing. And depending on how much water weight you lost, depends on how much you have to do to rehydrate. So water has been shown to be the most significant thing to rehydrate. You can use some other things to help that rehydration process. A lot of our clients, we recommend the right stuff for. The right stuff is a super hydration additive. You can add it to Gatorade. You can add it to water. And uh, one packet of the right stuff added to a Gatorade is the equivalent of drinking three to four bottles of Gatorade without getting the extra weight. This is especially helpful when you have to make weight the next day. I don't have as much experience with liquid IV, but that's become really popular. <coughs> and of course, are the old standbys of Pedialyte and Gatorade. I will tell you that athletes who drink a lot of Pedialyte, especially throughout the day of competition and Gatorade, have more trouble losing weight at the end of the night. So when you're in that situation where you have to make weight the next day, you really want to hydrate with water as much as possible because that water is going to come back off at the end of the night. It's going to come back off through your sweat when you're wrestling. Some of these additives, because they're really high in sodium and other things, make you retain more water. So you have to be a little careful with that. What should I eat? The next big question that we have is always, what should I eat? I get off the scale, what should I eat? So you just hydrated. <clears throat> we like to recommend a protein drink because protein passes through your body very quickly. If you're a lightweight wrestler and your match is going to be one of those first matches up, you don't have a lot of time to digest. So really good choices are a pre-made protein shake like the Core Powers. We also recommend Trimineo. Trimineo is a protein-based water. There's also some other shakes that you can make yourself that are more of like a protein water, especially if you have upset stomachs or problems drinking milk products. The Trimineo is a great way to get a few grams of protein and also rehydrate at the same time. Our post-weigh-in meal plans always include peanut butter and honey sandwich. Peanut butter is a very easy protein to digest. It's a really nice fat. And the reason we recommend honey over jelly is honey is a much longer lasting sugar in your body. It's a lower on the glycemic index. So you don't get such a big jump from it, but it also lasts much longer in your body. And then we always recommend fruit. So bananas, oranges. I know this picture has some apples in it, but I'd be a little careful with apples. Apples are very fibrous. So your body needs a lot of energy to digest them. 
So apples aren't something we usually recommend after you weigh in, but the citrusy fruits are great, like oranges or things like that. Berries are nice. Apples are great. Anything with a lot of water is always good. So melons are a good choice. Watermelon, cantaloupe, any of that stuff are really good options for when to eat. We have our athletes make a plan for each match. So after I weigh in, this is what I'm going to eat. I'm going to have the protein shake. I'm going to have a peanut butter and honey sandwich, and I'm going to have a banana. And I'm going to drink a certain amount. Then after match one, I'm going to have a protein bar, 16 ounces of water. Remember, every 16 ounces you drink weighs one pound. So if you're trying to figure out how much you're able to eat and drink throughout the day and still be able to make weight at the end of the night, take into consideration how much that water actually weighs. It's going to take time for that water to work its way through your body, and you're either going to sweat it out or pee it out, but that's going to take some time, so it's going to add weight to your body. After match two, the same thing. So this is how we break down our meal plans for our athletes. So after their first match, they're having basically a snack <coughs> and, some, and some water. And then after match two, they're having a little something more substantial. It's now a couple hours since weigh-ins. So they might have something really easy on their stomach, like a turkey sandwich, another banana, and something to drink. This is actually an example of our 2,500 calorie competition plan. And this is exactly how we lay it out for our clients. Now, as a general rule, the weight of the food does not have a big impact on your weight. So a lot of athletes kind of make the mistake of saying, well, something weighs six ounces so I can have it. The only time that applies is within 12 to 14 hours before you have to make weight. So if you notice, we have the, the, cal the actual gram weight of all the food in our plan listed. And that's to make sure that the athlete stays within the zone that we want them to stay in. <coughs> Once the athlete's done wrestling for the day, they check their weight, and then a lot of times we'll adjust this uh, meal of their choice based on when their next weigh-in is and what weight they need to make. Just a little point about champion athletes. At Champion Athletes, we design customized nutrition plans for each athlete that we work with, and it's really based on these three principles. A comprehensive nutrition assessment, so what you like to eat, how your family likes to eat, and then also your body composition, what your body fat is, your muscle mass, where you are with growth and puberty, your digestion, all the things that affect your nutrition. From that assessment, we build you a meal plan, very similar to the competition plan, but it's a Monday through Friday plan for you to follow. And then finally, we coach all of our athletes. So nutrition isn't static. Your weight's always changing, your weight classes are always changing, and your body's always changing, depending on where you are with growth and maturity. <clears throat> so we coach all of our clients. They text us their weight first thing in the morning and every day after practice, and we help them adjust what they're doing to make sure they're making weight and feeling great all the time. All right. Once again, if there are any questions either myself or Gene or Anthony can answer, please feel free to enter them in the chat box <coughs> or text them to 845-641-3063. And let's go ahead and answer a few questions we have here. Yeah. Um, just taking some notes from the talk in general. Uh, this is Anthony Ashnall here. Just 
thinking the two-day weigh-ins are super important. I see so many, even college guys struggle in this area. I'd say college guys I've seen struggle more than any. But in high school, I just see kids trying to hold their weight all day, whether they have a match Friday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever the case is. See kids wrestling in the quarterfinals and immediately going to check their weight, even though they have to wrestle another time that day. Just um, very things to me that seem common sense just aren't uh, that common sense. So um, some things that help me think about get through that situation is I think about getting as big, like not as big as possible, but I want to get big right when I weigh in. I got a two-day tournament. I want to get big. I want to crush those guys that are making those mistakes and not refueling their bodies. I want to be super hydrated, as much water as I can really drink. Um, and then I'm just constantly eating. Like I, like Dan saying, going through the plan, I've always done that plan and eating after match one, make, even if you're not hungry. And a lot of guys tell me, I don't eat when I compete. Uh, Brendan Callis used to tell me that all the time, which was like, I was just like, really? Like you don't eat? Like you have to eat. And uh, nothing against them, but you could see the careers, how they pan out, how they did. But it's like, you have to do these things or your body might eventually break down um, from things you don't want it to break down. Um, and, and at the end of the day, if you're like, there's times in college, I was five to eight pounds overweight going into the second day. And it sounds like a lot, but it was mostly water. And it really only took like an hour extra workout after my last match. Um, of course I would go hard and I would suck it up and it, it takes mental toughness, but it really wasn't that much of a wear on my body. I didn't have to hit the treadmill hard. It was really just keeping the sweat going because the water was just pouring out every time. Um, the times you try to hold your weight in those two-day tournaments, it could get really messy. You start wrestling uh, close, tight matches because you don't want to use a lot of energy. You get nervous. You're going to get tired. It's like just let it fly. I mean, worry about the weight if you make it to the second day. You don't even, you're not even guaranteed to make it to the second day unless you win. So give yourself the best chance to win that, those matches. Refuel yourself. Hydrate as best you can. Don't try to hold off on your water because you think it would be easier to make weight the next day. Great points, Anthony. Thank you very much. So a couple of questions that came in here. Um, what is part of your warm-up routine? Also, does that routine change um, if you're resting earlier in the morning? Anthony, I think that's probably a question for you, but for you, buddy. Uh, warm-up routine um... – like Gene was saying, I try to make practice as similar as I can to my matches. So uh, I have a routine that I like to do that involves some, like probably 10 minutes of just very light jogging, skipping, shuffling, um, a couple rolls. Not really, I don't, I'm not really running that long anymore because I'm trying to see my body best I can. Definitely in that first 10 minutes, it's starting to bring the heart rate up, bringing it back down with like maybe like spurt jogs a little faster. And then after five minutes of that, I do a lot of like stance motion and uh, more like calisthenics in the stance and motion type way. Um, and I have a little routine that Coach Prince or Rutgers got through in college. It's like, it's like a 15 to 25 minute routine, depending how long you do one. Uh, I just stick to it. When I'm practicing on my own with a guy, I do it. When I'm uh, putting guys through private lessons, a class or usually I do it. It's just constantly making little tweaks, but for the most part, it stays the same. And at this point, I really don't even have to think twice about it. Just got to get going for a workout. Second nature. Um, I would advise everyone to get to that point where you don't have to think a lot about it because sometimes you're going to be in a position where you're in wrestling where you're going to have to work out alone or 
work out with one buddy or one coach when no one's really around telling you what to do. And you have to have a plan. And uh, when the plan gets repeated over and over again, like a warm up, and it just becomes cemented and it becomes almost effortless at this point in my career. Uh, but it's important. I say effortless, but it's important to do it. You don't want to just start thinking, I know how to wrestle, just start wrestling right when I get to practice. Like you have to have a, a warm up routine, get your body ready to go. Whether that's getting your body physically, but during that time, use it to mentally get your get your mind ramped up. Um, and I use that all the time. That time, that ten to twenty minutes of that warm up, I'm mentally thinking about what I'm going to be working on outside of what the coach is going to be showing showing in practice. I always have one or two things I just personally want to improve that week or that day. Um, some things I've been maybe watching on film that I'm trying to pick up, uh, and I'm always implementing little things, asking questions to my partner, to my coaches. I'm thinking about all those things in the warm-up. I'm starting to think about, in like, what am I going to ask coach about this position? Um, I just, uh, it's just uh, having a clearer plan. And when the warm-up second nature, you could have that time to mentally kind of prepare for those. Great question. Thank you very much. Um, Rich asked a question: What is best breakfast for young wrestlers in the morning with an early tournament? So for our younger wrestlers, and we work with kids as young as eight years old, we like this after weigh-in uh, list as what we recommend for them to have for breakfast. We find a bottle of water is great. A half a bagel with some peanut butter and honey on it is a great thing to start. And then consider a protein shake if they like it. All those things are fast metabolized. They're easy on their stomach. <coughs> and should really make them feel good. Notice that we kind of break some things up on here. We have like a half of a bagel, and then we have the other half a bagel. You don't want to eat too much right after you weigh in. Otherwise, the blood rushes from your arms and legs to your stomach for digestion. So this, if you're going to go wrestle and that digestion hasn't finished yet, you're going to have those really heavy arms and legs when you're on the mat. So it's important to be more of a grazer when you're wrestling to kind of give your body the food and the liquid that it needs, but not do too much. Anthony brought up some great points about being really well hydrated, but you also don't want to get yourself to the point that you're really bloated either. So it's always a balance. And we always recommend you got to practice this. Like Gene said, you want to compete just like you practice. So there's nothing wrong before a morning practice to follow this after weigh-in routine. Go to practice, see how you feel, make some little adjustments. If you have a couple of practices during the day, do the same thing. Follow it just like it's a match. See how your body feels. Make some little adjustments. This is just what we have found has worked really well with our wrestlers. But we do customized plans. <coughs> we have kids that are allergic to peanut butter, so that doesn't work for them. But the idea is, is to plan. Don't depend on the concession stands to decide what you're going to eat in the morning after you weigh in. They're there to make money. They're not there to feed you as a wrestler. So we want you to have a plan, have all your stuff, pack it and bring it with you when you're going to an event. Okay. Um, I'm a little trouble with my screen here. Here we go. Um, Next question is, how do you space out meals at a tournament <coughs> where your first match is until the afternoon, but weigh in in the morning? So I kind of, we still give them this same layout, but we tell our clients you can reorganize it. If you're not going to wrestle till later on in the day, maybe you want to have your after weigh-in and your uh, after first match meal 
you know, spread them out a little bit. Eat something, wait a couple hours, eat something else. Maybe have the aftermatch meal number three before the second half of your bagel. Have more like a snack. Save that for later. <coughs> this is just a guideline with the way you can break up food so you feel energized, don't get over full. But it always has to be flexed based on the situation you have. Okay. I see a question from Tom here about uh, getting put to your back in the third period. You're down on points. Tips to quickly get back into the right mindset. Um, for me, I always think about score, scoring the next point or just winning the next position in general. The best thing you can do is just win the next position or try, try your best to win that next position. Um, you can't go back in the match and change it, so there's no point in looking at your coach putting your hands up or – Fix, I don't know, whatever you do when you when a big moment doesn't go your way in a match. But the best thing to do is just put your head down, go back to work, win the next position. Fight off your back as hard as you can, bridge, and what do you? what is your move from bottom? Is it a switch? Is it a stand-up? Is it a sit-out? Is it a knee slide? Like That's it. That's the next move. There's nothing um, just like life. There's shortcuts sometimes, but um, the best shortcut is just doing the next best thing. Um, of course, you could, like, if you need short time and you got to go for a big move, you got to go for a big move, whatever is in your arsenal of wrestling that you know. Um, but in general, you just want to go try to win the next position. Okay, let me go back to just a couple of uh, food questions we had here. Nicole asked, how much protein grams per kilogram for 12-year-old boy with goals to gain muscle? So again, I'd, I want to be careful with giving you out ranges because a lot of it depends on where your son is with growth and puberty, what his overall body fat is, his muscle mass. We do a lot of a assessment and calculations before we generally make those recommendations. But the uh, American Academy of Sports Medicine has recommended that for youth athletes that their range of protein should be between 0.25 and 0.6 grams per kilogram. But again, those are just general ranges. And I think it really needs to be customized for your son. Um, another question that came up, is it okay to feel hungry before you compete? Now, I'm going to actually defer this question more to Gene than myself. But personally, I don't think you want anything to distract you in competition. And if your belly's growling right before you warm up for a match, to me, that's just a distraction. And you might be thinking more about being hungry than you are about wrestling. And there's really no point to be hungry before a match. Gene, what do you think about that? Gene, we, we can't hear you for some reason, bud. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, now we can hear you. We lost our audio for a minute. Okay. Yeah, so the, so the idea is to, to control everything you can, do the best you can to be feeling the way you want to be feeling. So if that means having a smaller meal what, or not eating that much, whatever it is, get yourself to feel as close to the way you like it as possible. With that being said, there are so many different variables that come up match day that we like to very much downplay our feelings. Like we don't want to be thinking about how we're feeling. Don't get caught up in that. Maybe you feel good. Maybe you didn't. You know, maybe you had a good wake up. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you slept well the night before. Maybe you didn't. Are you going to shoot or not out there? Right? Are you going to actually look to turn the sky on top? Or when you're on top, are you just going to hold and coast? Remember, are you really going to move the whole time on bottom? Or are you just going to lay there? Right? So at the end of the day, 
it doesn't really make that much of a difference. Don't get caught up in your feelings. There's probably many times where you didn't feel like lifting, where you wound up hitting a personal record, right? There's probably many times you didn't feel well and you wrestled really bad. And on the other hand, there's probably other times you went out there feeling really good, feeling really confident where you might've wrestled your worst match of the year. Okay. So don't get too caught up in your feeling. That's, that's a big thing. Also, we were saying before about um, with, with um, being able to put on muscle, make sure you're asking the right question too, because a lot of times in wrestling, we make this mistake. I'm guilty of it back when I was younger. We think about in wrestling in terms of putting on muscle. That's not necessarily the question that we want to be asking, even putting on muscle. A lot of the, re the real answer is how do you get stronger? Right? Because the more, muscle, the more muscle you wind up putting on, now, you know, then a lot of times people spend the whole off season putting on muscle and then they spend the end season losing a lot of that muscle, right? So the goal really isn't as much to put on muscle, but the goal is to be strong. That's why our weightlifting should look a lot more like a powerlifter than it should a bodybuilder. Bodybuilders are looking to put on size and muscle. Wrestlers aren't looking to put on size. That's not the whole goal. So make sure when you're lifting weights, when you're eating, you're going to get stronger. Okay. That's, that's, that's a big thing. Also, I saw a question from Charles before about saying he struggles with um, uh, when he moves up a weight class, right? Maybe mentally struggles when he's, when he's bumping up a couple weight classes. First of all, you have to adopt the Gable mentality. Dan Gable could beat everyone on his team, no matter what weight they were. So you need to have that attitude. First of all, cutting weight does not make you a better wrestler. Becoming a better wrestler makes you a better wrestler. A lot of people think they're going to be better. No, you're, you're going to be bigger. I get it. I see why, why it is important to maybe pull some weight. But just because you cut weight doesn't make you a better wrestler. Learning, honing your craft, learning how to wrestle is going to be what makes you better. Remember that pound for pound means nothing. Okay, if you're pound for pound the best wrestler on your team, it doesn't matter. Dan Gable could go through his entire lineup. Now, I'm not saying that I, I recommend you pick up, you pick on your heavyweight if you're you know a 130-pounder, right, because you could get hurt. But the idea is get the whole pound for pound thing out of your head. And if anyone's anywhere near your weight class, you should be thinking about beating them. And most of the time in practice, we see this constantly. Guys will wrestle in practice at a certain weight. So let's say in practice they normally weigh 140 pounds. A lot of times those people who weigh 140 pounds in practice, they'll wind up wrestling coming who weighs 152. And, they're, and they always tell me this. They're feeling good. They're feeling strong. And their opponent's weighing 10 pounds heavier than them, their practice partner. Then what happens in matches, they cut down to 125. So they go from 140 to 125, and their opponent has to meet them at 125. And then they complain, oh, that kid was real big. What? So normally you're wrestling in practice with a guy who's 150 pounds, and you're, and you're normally 140. You're being oversized by 10 pounds. Now you're dropping 15 pounds, and you're telling me that this person who weighed in at the same weight as you is feeling real big? Come on. That's, that's a mindset. So I'm not picking on anyone here. I'm just saying, though, that that's a lot of times what happens. Remember, practice, you very frequently wrestle with people who are heavier than you. So if you could bump up some weight classes in, in practice, in matches, chances are that's probably roughly closer to what you weigh anyway. So get the pound-for-pound pound thing out of, your, out of your head. Look at the Kyle Dake shirt where it says anyone, anywhere, any weight. You know, have the attitude that you'll wrestle anyone. And don't overemphasize your feelings because you could get really tripped up with that. There's a question here from Josh Cook, which I uh, missed before. Um, what's good to eat after all your matches or what's good to eat for a two-day tournament? So the first question you need to ask yourself is, do you need to make weight the next day? If you do, then your portions may need to be adjusted and exactly what you eat 
might need to be adjusted to help you make weight for the second day. If it's more of a youth kind of thing where you're not making weight or like the NHSCAs, which is a one-day weigh-in, all of our clients, we recommend they develop a good routine. So generally for people that either weigh in the night before or people that, you know, have a dinner at night and then wrestle the next day, there are three simple meals we recommend. We really like the idea of doing breakfast for dinner. So like pancakes and some eggs or something like that. A really good mix of carbohydrates and protein. We do recommend you stay away from things that are greasy. Bacon, sausage, things like that you should avoid because they're hard to digest. And your body may still be digesting them the next day and impact your performance. We also like the idea of steak and a baked potato. Kind of a leaner steak. <coughs> baked potato really easy to get pretty much anywhere. <coughs> and chicken and pasta is the other third option we recommend for our athletes. Again, we want to avoid things that are high in fat. So pasta should be kind of in a lighter sauce, no real heavy sauces. Try to avoid the Alfredo, things like that. Go with like a light tomato sauce, nice grilled chicken breast. Even um, a chicken parm would be okay as an option. But the idea is a good mix of protein and carbs, easy to digest. We also recommend that you try to eat the same thing when you're competing, especially when you travel. I'm sure Gene can talk about this as well, but we work with many athletes who are traveling all over the country. I have one client who actually lives in Hawaii and he travels to the U.S. to compete. And what could be worse than traveling all the way from Hawaii to the U.S. to compete in something and then getting upset stomachs, diarrhea, whatever, the morning of competition because you ate the wrong food the night before? So a couple things we recommend, pick a couple of chain restaurants that you frequent often <coughs> and are easy to find. Try to eat the same thing when you go to those restaurants. Know that they don't upset your stomach. They don't bother you. Don't pick things that can kind of have questionable cooking. Seafood is a good example. Fish can kind of sometimes be a problem. So stick with simple things, chicken, steak, pasta, baked potato, the breakfast for dinner, <coughs> things that are easy to get and don't tend to upset your stomach. Okay. Uh, I think um, either Gene or Anthony may want to answer this next one. Any uh, mindset tips for wrestling up multiple weight classes? Yeah, I think Gene already touched on it a little bit, but uh, um. I would say you got to look at it as an opportunity to grow in other areas of your wrestling. If it's going to be so many, so much weight that you can't really shoot a proper double leg and get through the guy, it's got to be uh, the mindset has to change. Like I'm going to get better at wrestling at finishing really fast on, on my corners or my angles and find new ways in my wrestling or create new attacks in my wrestling with my coach's guidance. Um, and it's a, it's a chance to develop new things. You got different feels with guys that are different sizes. Look at it as an opportunity, not as um, some of us look at it as like we're getting punished that we're, our coach is bumping us up or um, that maybe the only chance to start is bumping up and it's just not fair, we think. But uh, in my mind, or in South, where I grew up, South Plainfield, like you had to be ready. Your weight class and the weight class above and the weight class above that even, coach – if coach needed you, you were going out there, and that was it. Um, and that's the mentality you kind of have to have. I'm, this is an army. I, I'm a I'm one man of this this army, and I just have to do my part. I have to do my one 
14th or my one tenth in uh, college. And if that is bumping up a weight class or two weight class and wrestling as hard as I can, it is what it is. I'm helping my team out. And that's always how I thought about it. When it's individual tournaments, look at it as an opportunity to bump up and learn new tactics and techniques. Uh, one question that I, I'm guessing is coming to me is, what did you substitute the peanut butter for with allergies? So it doesn't have to be peanut butter. We just find that to be something that most of our clients like and is easy to use. Some of our clients do switch over to sun butter or some of the peanut alternatives for their allergies. Um, if Nutella might be an option, something that's just easy to digest, spreads well. Some of our clients do do cream cheese or something like that. We don't tend to recommend that because it doesn't travel well. And we try to build plants with foods that are easy to travel with. So you can pop them in a cooler, not have any issues about something going bad while you're waiting to eat it. So we try to pick things that don't require a lot of uh, refrigeration as a general rule. Uh, next question is from Brandon Bayer. Um, what do you want to weigh before you go um, to go to bed the night before a match if you're weighing in and wrestling the next night, not the next morning? Good question, Brandon. So a lot of times, especially in high school, you're not wrestling till the afternoon. So we do our best to recommend our clients still wake up in the morning on weight. This way they have room to eat and drink throughout the day. They can be better hydrated. They can eat a little bit. They can drink a little bit. They're going to burn off some weight during the day just going to school. They can still be on weight in the afternoon. So a lot of our clients will start off the morning with a protein shake. Then they'll check their weight at lunchtime. And then depending on what they weigh at lunch, they might eat like a half a sandwich or just some like little cold cuts or something like that. By checking their weight, they can know what they can have. But this way, they're just a little bit underweight, but they got to eat and drink throughout the day. So they're better academically and they feel better by the afternoon. Gene, I think this question's for you from Jason Patillo. Gene, we don't have your volume again, bud. All right. Yeah, so we almost every wrestler will say their their worst match of the day is the first match of the tournament. So one of the best things you could do is get the if if that's the worst match of the tournament, get the bad match out of you. Wrestle a live match before you wrestle your first match. Rarely do we hear athletes say to us that, oh, by the end of the day, they just ran out of steam, right? They, they usually have, usually people have another match in them if they needed to have another match. But almost always we hear athletes say their first match of the day wasn't very good, right? So get the bad match out of you. Do a six minute, maybe even if you didn't do a six, if you're high school, even if you didn't do a full six minutes, do four minutes, but go all out. Really, literally wrestle all out and get that bad match out of you. So that's sometimes a lot, a lot what we need to do. Um, next, again, don't overemphasize your feelings. And, and this is where the predator and prey mindset really comes in. Usually going into a tournament, we're thinking a lot about what round we're in, who we're competing against next round, where we are in the bracket, what what does my draw look like? If I win, I go here. If I lose, I go down there. Um, all the expectations, what kind of day is this going to be? Right. A lot of times we think that, like our first match, well, let's see what kind of day this is going to be. Let's see what turns up. Don't think about that. Just impose your will to the best of your ability. So um, you get the bad match out of you. And drill before you're mad. That's another thing. Like we said before, but it's worth repeating. If you if you practice six days a week, this is what your schedule usually looks like. You drill, then you go live. You drill, then you go live. 
So what do you think you need to do before you go live in a match? You need to drill. Okay, so when you're on deck, on double deck, or, or in the hole, depending on what part of the country you're from, everyone calls it something different. But when you're on deck, when you're the next match, you should be drilling with someone for one or two minutes. Get hands on you. Get slapped around a little bit. Get your hands on another person. Because remember, your pre-match routine is very different than your warm-up. Your warm-up is often what you're doing an hour before you compete. And I've seen many top-level wrestlers who do a great warm-up an hour before they step out on the mat. And then within that hour, there's no human contact. You need human contact. That's what you're usually doing in practice. So get human contact right before you step out there. So your match, your first match of the day, becomes a continuation of that drill. Such a simple thing you could do, and so few people do it. But that's real important. Hey, Gene, I just got a question over my um, over texting, and it's from a wrestling coach. He wants to know, I want to get my master's in sports psychology, but I can only do it online. Is there any online school you would recommend? Um, I, I, I don't really know for sure. I would just be very clear with what, what the goal is. Is it, is it being, is it, are you, are you getting the sports psychology degree to become a sports psychologist? Are you getting the sports psychology degree to just help you become a better coach? Like that, that I would say the goal dictates the behavior. Send them my number. I'm happy to talk to them. Okay. Sounds good. I will talk to you yes. shortly. Uh, any tips to help from Tom? Any tips to help the kids flip the switch? Yeah, again, we literally have a five-part series on aggressiveness and developing a competitive alter ego. So like I said, this book, Develop the Predator Mindset, everyone everyone can have it on the call. So make sure you get it because we go through, we talk about the alter ego in depth in the book. Obviously, of course, our one-on-one -on -one program, we cover it even more in depth, but apparently get a, get a copy of the book. Like I said, it's on our, on our link tree. Just go on our, go on our link tree. You could buy the book like almost immediately just that way. So I'll just post that on up there. But flipping the switch, we talk about having a competitive alter ego. A lot of top athletes do this. A lot of top singers do it. Um, so they're able to come when they step on stage, they can let go of their doubts, fears, and anxieties. They tie in with this alter ego. That would be a big thing. The big, yeah, the books. Oh, what if I can't afford the book? The book's 24 bucks. Shouldn't afford 24 bucks. Just. Send, you know, write to me. I'll send you a free copy of the book if you can't afford it. <laughs> Just wonder your thoughts when you were not nervous before a match, but normally are. Uh, again, I think before when we're talking about nervousness, first things first, nervousness does not automatically mean bad. Okay, let's keep that in mind. Just because you're nervous isn't bad. In fact, the way it works is if you're not nervous at all, that's probably not a good thing either. So the idea is you getting more nervous is good to a certain point, and then once you get to that point, now it starts becoming worse. So it's almost like an upside down U or the belter, right? More nerves are good, 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 and now they reach the top, and now bad, bad, bad. The more nerves are worse, right? So the idea is that the question you're talking about is you want to know how to have a consistent performance. You can't even begin to talk about having a consistent performance. If you don't first talk about having consistent thoughts, consistent feelings, and consistent behaviors. So an answer going out there, you want to make matches as similar to practice as possible. And Anthony also talked about making sure he's organized. He knows what he's telling himself. He knows his warm-up. There's no guesswork the day of. So even if you don't feel quite exactly the same way as you did the last time, you could get yourself pretty good 
ballpark of knowing exactly what you need to be telling yourself, thinking, feeling, and behaviors. If you have a playlist, playlist of music, listen to the same playlist every time. Or if it's not the same exact songs, songs that give you a similar feel. Okay, because if you change it up too much, if you're changing up the genre of music too much, you're going to be pulled emotionally in different ways. Okay, music has a has a very particular way of being able to adjust our emotions and our feelings. So once you once you get through with a certain genre, stick with that genre. And I'm not saying to be superstitious. I'm saying to get yourself emotionally in the same mood every time. And be careful you're not listening to move to music sometimes that's too hard. Like a lot of times in high school, I used to think you had to be listening to Tupac, Eminem, Ozzy Osbourne, and Metallica in order to wrestle well. That's not necessarily the case. And I found being a high energy guy that got me more nervous. Now I'm not saying if that if that works, keep doing it. I'm not telling you to change. But if you're if you're tending to get too nervous and too hyped up before the match, your music might be pushing you over the top. You might need to scale back and start listening. I don't know, disco, Christmas music, something to make you smile and laugh, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. I, in college, I started liking 80s music. It gave me just that, that perfect feel of I feel good, I'm energetic, but I'm not anxious. Gene, I think there's one more question for you, and then we'll wrap things up from Dylan. All right, I'm freshman wrestling. Okay, so right off the bat, so I'm going to help you right here. So first thing doesn't make a difference if you're a freshman or not. All right. That becomes prey mindset. Don't think about I'm older, I'm younger, all that kind of stuff. You're a wrestler. All right. You're the same weight class as the other person. You know, just, just so you know, mentally, you don't want to be focusing on that because if you focus too much on the fact that you're a freshman and anytime you go up against an upperclassman, which you don't want to be focusing on anyway, like who cares if they're an upperclassman or freshman too, you know, you're, you're the same weight class. So you don't want to be thinking about that. Um, starting varsity, Okay, so now that's another thing. You don't want to think a match is a match, whether it's freshman team, JV, varsity, Olympics, Worlds. It doesn't make a difference. It's just so you're just another wrestler wrestling. What can help getting my nerves, uh, be, you know, get getting my nerves under control and relaxing under pressure? Like I said, focus on the predator mindset, your effort, your attitude, your aggressiveness. So are you going all out? Yes or no? Two, attitude. Are you staying positive the whole time? No matter what, as Anthony said before, just improve the position you're in right now. Just do the very best you can right now. And your aggressiveness, are you going to shoot or not? And you're on top. Are you going to try to turn this guy or are you just going to hold on? On bottom, are you going to keep moving until the end of that period? Are you going to keep getting up? So just focus on what you can control. Everything else becomes prey mindset. Don't think about who's there. Don't think about who you're wrestling against. You know, don't think about looking good in front of your coaches or anything like that or earning the respect of your teammates or the fact that you're only a freshman. Factor that all out. That's prey mindset. Like I said, we're trying to develop the predator mindset, not the prey mindset. And Anthony, I think the last question here is for you. Anthony, what are some of the different mental exercises, techniques that you use daily, weekly, et cetera? Yeah, uh, Brad, I saw you type that a couple times. I just thought – Thought we were going through some of the some of the daily exercises, just like things like when I'm driving to practice or I'm on I'm on in between breaks in practice or I'm in class. I'm constantly self self talking myself either up the up that mountain or off that ledge of the negative thoughts. Um, and when the negative thoughts come come, I'm constantly trying to kill them as fast as I can with positivity and kind of action plans to get to where I want to get to. And that's 
every day. That's that's every moment of every day. That's the little mini mini moments that you have when you're daydreaming and your friend thinks uh, thinks he's talking to you and you're just daydreaming. Uh, those are the things that that fuel me every day. Just vividly trying to picture me, myself accomplishing my goals or just enjoying what I do and picturing myself in life where I want to get to. Um, I'm really big on just picturing that moment and uh, having uh, a strong, a strong visual of that moment or of, of those situations. And for me, when I got to college, I'd get, at first I would get really nervous about wrestling in front of big crowds. I felt like I had to go win for Rutgers, had to go win for South Plainfield and my family or uh, just a lot of things outside of what I, what I like to compete for and what I want to do for myself. So um, what helped a lot was just, realizing that those were real nerves and that I wasn't trying to run from them anymore. But for a long time, I almost tried to avoid those nerves and yeah, it's just wrestling. It'll, it'll be fine when the whistle blows and the match starts. And when I would push those thoughts off the more and more by the time the match came, it was like overwhelming. And I would be just literally, I, I see it a lot. In my high school, the high school guys I work with a lot now, just holding on to just like doing anything they possibly can to just win or, just win the match in general, um, doing everything they possibly can to go up one point and then hold on for the rest of the match or um, every, all the efforts there until they get up for a second. And then all of a sudden it's like survival mode. And, and that's kind of how I was wrestling. Um, so once I realized that was the wrong mindset, I started working on, uh, on fixing that. And to do that, I just realized that nerves are going to be there and how you deal with them is you take them in, you try to, tell yourself positive thoughts, whether it's, you're going to be nervous in front of a thousand people. You're like, Oh, like, why are you going to be nervous? Um, why? Like, Oh, because you feel like you're going to compete this, but you compete because you love the sport and you want to score a lot of points and because you want to be the best in the world at it. And cause you work as hard as you possibly can at it. Um, so you just have to have a strong belief in why you're doing it first and really um, know, know that why you're doing it or why you're doing anything, just have that purpose. But, what fuels me also is my work ethic. So uh, this thing, Mark Ironside, Mark Ironside, he was a wrestler from Iowa, national champ for them um, years back. And he said the goal in practice is not to be uh, – the goal in practice is to be the most tired in the room, not because you're out of shape. It's because you're pushing yourself. And that's something that it sounds like physical, but that's very mental for me. I think about that every day no matter what room I'm in, if, it, if it's a room – with little guys, a room with high schoolers, a room with college guys, a room with Olympians, I'm trying to be the hardest worker in the room, and I want to be the most tired. And that's not because I'm out of shape. It's because I'm working, trying to work harder than everyone else in the room. And that's what fuels me mentally when I start maybe getting a little um, inconfident in my abilities or a little nervous before the match. I remind myself that I prepared my best ability, and I just the only thing I can control is my effort and my attitude. I'm confident, and I'm going to go give my best effort, and – if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. I know I prepared the best I can. I could have. Um, other things I like to do, I like to write down my goals a lot. I like to write down action plans towards my goals. Um, I go in phases, like everyone, every human. Sometimes I like to write down like my workouts, whether what the workout was after the workout, a little recap of the workout, my lifts, my one-on-ones, my team practices, and just little things I learned or little things that I was focusing on. And over a, a time period, when you stay consistent, you get to look back at those things or you're continuing to write the same things over and over again, those goals and just different things you're working on. It it'll, it just becomes cemented in your, 
in your mind and the, the picture that I was talking about just becomes clearer and clearer and clearer until you get there. Um, other things I like to do um, is just to in, enjoy the process as much as I can. The best thing mentally that I did for myself was just getting back to um, like being a great teammate and enjoying, enjoying being a part of a team, part of a unit, not just this is an individual sport. You're going to have time to have individual accomplishments, but um, just being being a teammate and enjoying just being another guy, trying not to uh, make it this – make wrestling this holy thing that sometimes we try to make it. Just take it for what it is sometimes. If you're getting overwhelmed with men, mental thoughts that you're having about the sport, uh, just remind yourself it, it is just a sport, and you're usually around guys your age when you're doing it. Um, most of the time it's some of your best friends or really good friends, so enjoy that time. And uh, when you're thinking about having fun and – that usually leads to hopefully having fun in a good way, which is like working hard and getting better. And then when you're working hard and getting better, then you start winning and that's really fun. And I think our last question of the night there is for Anthony from Dusty Vaughn. Dusty, I've taken over a new program and I have a few kids who result to old bad habits when stressed or streaks, street uh, stakes are high. How do I get them to rely on new, good habits forget about the bad ones the best advice i could give that is practice is make sure practice is um make sure we're practicing as we would want to go compete in the match that is when we walk in the practice store it's time for practice it's time to work like i say having fun with your teammates um but when those doors are closed and the coach has his whistle and you got your head gear and you start running around the circle it's time to work and some some of us that I see around the state of New Jersey, at least in some parts of the country, like uh, it just takes too long to get in that serious mindset of we're here to get better and we're here for a purpose a little bit. Um, and then when we get to match day, it's hard to get in the zone because we haven't done it much. It's hard to get into that mindset because you haven't done it much and haven't practiced in practice because in practice it's very laid back and it's easy to get to that zone because there's not as much pressure. Um, for me, I really – like to break the old habits, it's like I'm like I was saying about when I'm warming up and I have that warm up set in my mind and I'm starting to think about the habit that I'm trying to break, whether it's um, maybe working on a new shot or the habit of like not reaching a certain way in a hand fight. And I'm like constantly thinking about what maybe my coach has worked on me with it. Um, but I, as a coach, you should be reminding your athletes of that, like of to be thinking of those things in the warm up or a big time I think about those things or in my, my workouts when I'm just alone or the workouts when it's after practice and I'm doing stance and motion and conditioning or the monkey rolls at the end of practice. Like Those are the times when it's really hard to focus on anything and you're going so hard. Those are the times to really hone in on those little habits that you want to break, really cement them in. All right. How about we go around the room for some final thoughts? Anthony, you want to go first? Yeah, I just talked a little bit there. Um, uh, it was a great seminar. I appreciate all the questions, and uh, I appreciate hearing you, Dan, and Gene talk. You guys gave me some great insight as well. Like always, always could pick something up uh, from you guys. So that was great. I appreciate that. Um, uh, just to wrap up, I would say, don't think that uh, you're the only one. Maybe with the type of problem that you think you have, uh, if you, it's like the the old saying when the teacher says, "If you have a question, I'm sure." Five other kids have the same question. 
Um, if you have a problem where you're getting nervous for a match, there's millions of kids out there getting nervous for a baseball game, a match, a soccer game, tennis, tennis, whatever the sport is, whatever the event is, people get nervous. The highest performers, even the guys that are winning in our sport, um, even when I was wrestling for the national finals, I was nervous. I wasn't, I wasn't like, um, that wasn't, it wasn't perfect. It's not going to ever be perfect. And you have to be willing to adjust and you have to be willing to constantly make little tweaks and little changes to try to, we want to try to be perfect. And, it, and greatness is what we're um, trying to accomplish, but uh, it's never going to be completely perfect. So you have to realize that even the best struggle at these kind of things. So it's a constant work. Anthony, great. Gene, how about you, bud? Just reminding ourselves that wrestling has to be a vehicle to build virtue. Wrestling is a holistic sport. Competence is competence. Mental toughness is mental toughness. Discipline is discipline. Whether we're competing in the national championship or the Olympic finals, whether we're taking the SATs or ACTs, whether you're, you know, job interview, saying no to drugs or peer pressure, you believe in yourself or not, right? Have you prepared properly or not? So, you want to make sure you're crossing your T's, you're dotting your I's, that at the end of your career, you made sure you did everything possible in your power to reach your goals. That's all you could do. You can't control the outcome, but you can control working as hard as you can, your effort, your attitude, your aggressiveness. You can control taking control of your nutrition, working with champion athlete, working with wrestling mindset, taking the time to work on your mindset formally and not just leaving it up to chance. There's other people out there in the world that are doing this. What's going to separate you from them? Are you formally working on your nutrition? Are you formally working on your mindset? Are you putting in the time with your technique? Are you putting in the time with lifting weights? So like I said, it doesn't make a difference if you are the top athlete, right? The top athletes probably experience the most pressure because they're in the biggest matches. They're the ones that have everything to lose. They're the ones getting recruited by college scouts. They're the ones that have all the expectations of the team. So they might need the most mindset training. You might have an athlete that just started who's looking for life lessons, mentorship, learning to be a leader. Or you have an athlete that's struggling with one of our mindset red flags, as we said, not having the killer instinct, giving good opponents too much respect, being more of a practice room wrestler, difficulty bouncing back after mistakes, being a slow starter. Are you going to fix the problem or not? Or are you at least going to try to fix the problem or not improve? Right? So we got to make sure we take the bull by the horns. We don't want to leave anything to chance at the end of the day we want to know we did everything we possibly could to reach our goals we say it all the time whether it's sports school or life mindset makes the difference all right everybody just a few final thoughts for me we really appreciate you participating in our first joint webinar together we will tell you that we have two more of these joint webinars planned at the end of this you're going to be receiving an email from the system we're using to perform this webinar and one of the things we ask is for any feedback so please tell us topics you'd like us to cover in the future, what you thought of the webinar, what we can do to improve. We're always trying to do a better job. We're always trying to help our athletes perform at their best. As you can see on the last slide we have here, for more information, feel free to reach out to our Wrestler Nutrition Program at Champion Athletes and to the Zanetti Wrestling Mindset. Thank you very much for participation. We hope everybody has a great evening. Take care, everyone. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.